The um, Transportation Committee meeting for Monday, December 4th. Good to see everybody here. Councilman Ritchie uh, went to the doctor. He is sick. He will not be here, so it'll be just the three of us. Um, item two, approval of the minutes. Do we have a motion, please? Yes, sir. Approval, Mr. Chairman. Second. We have a motion and a second. No discussion. All in favor, please say aye. Aye. Abstain. Uh, and I say aye, so motion carries. Thank you. Um, Public comments, item number three, if you have a public comment to make, please come forward, give name and address. Two and a half minutes, please. Anybody with a public comment? All right, so none. Public comments are closed. We will move forward with our reviewing next steps regarding the mobility action plan, also known as our comprehensive traffic management study. So, yes, sir, Mr. Mayor and council members. <clears throat> So we'll, I'll be going over the presentation today um, in, in lieu of Stantec, um, who's been our design consultant for this this effort here. So as you know, we've we've spent a, a good number of months going through the development of this plan at the, the direction of, of this committee. And this is sort of the, the final wrap-up of that plan that will break down recommendations for both short-term mid-term and long-term projects. Um, and so we'll start off with some of the, the low-hanging fruit for short-term projects. So the town, uh, prior to this development, has developed a prioritized list of small intersection improvements. These are capacity-based improvements, smaller flashing yellow arrow upgrades, turn lane projects that are listed here, and there's about 34. Um, obviously, these are just highlights from those, uh, and we are constantly looking for new additions one of the things to keep in mind on this is all the, the ones that are shown in bold here are either been completed within the past several years or under construction or are imminently going to construction. One of those most recent ones being uh, the, the Hungry Neck Boulevard mid-block crossing one shown here is at number six. That was recently approved by the Charleston County CTC program. So that's for these particular projects, we have a, a CIP for small intersection improvements that, that go to fund design and then when we leverage towards pursuing these TST and, and CTC funds historically, um, as well as some smaller other grants that, that we'll continue to look at. For other short-term projects, Mount Pleasant Way, um, that really could fall within the short, mid, and, and long-term, but um, we, we kept it within the short-term project here and, and have multiple, about a dozen or so, segments under design um, right now, one of which went to bid and purchasing this morning, the Hamlin Trail segment, which well, was awarded for construction. Um, as well as other projects that are tied to the larger roadway, Vaughn Ed Key, Billy Swales Boulevard, Phase 4B, Patriots Point Gateway Project. Um, and then we continue to pursue, you know, sort of more non-standard funding types through the South Carolina Recreational Trails Grant. We have two grants currently under review by the USDOT, one for Safe Streets for All, which incorporates part of not only the intersection improvements I spoke about before this, but also Mount Pleasant Way. Um, as well as uh, the Neighborhood Accessibility and Equity Grant, which would go to fund the design of the remaining segments of the spine route. We should be hearing back on those two grants in January for the Safe Streets for All and in March, April for the Neighborhood Accessibility. Uh, other projects here for the active uh, transportation management 
So staff continues to, you know, try to be very proactive on our side to make sure that detection at signals uh, is up to date. We've worked with our uh, vendor from Rhythm, who, who's our adaptive traffic signal control provider, to again send us those automatic notifications. So we receive those 24/7, and and through our laptops, either myself or our, our signal um, technicians are able to log in verify and then dispatch you know appropriate um, measures to, to make sure that those detection units are, are back up and running that again detection is the key and and really backbone of our adaptive system <clears throat> so we're continuing to do that we've currently got uh, a few intersections that we're considering for beta testing a new technology from rhythm it's their code green technology that allows us to utilize this sort of older video detection to to be a little bit more um, improve our operations and the detect detections reliability it uses ai to sort of backbone uh, piggyback on the existing video so we're there's two intersections along us 17 that we're looking at implementing that and then continuing to work to expand our again our proactive investigation we, we do have a new um, traffic engineer that we're in the process of hiring she should start um, the middle of January, and so that'll be a good addition to the team that we can sort of, you know, onboard and bring bring her into the fold, um, as well as scheduling annually or biannually uh, visits from our uh, our consultant there, Rhythm, to come and ride the corridors and check the general health of the system. Uh, in addition to this, you know, Chief Ritchie, or I'm sorry, Chief Arnold can can reference some of the other things that we're doing as far as emergency response, you know, to clear accidents quicker. You know, we, we do have a number of trucks that are being outfitted now, and and then the, the CSOs, community service officers, uh, helping to to address those issues. So that is sort of a, a quick recap of the short term. I'm happy to answer questions on that, or we can move to midterm and long term solutions. Um, why don't we move to those and then when we start going back and forth, we'll cover it all. We'll go back because I do have some points on that. Absolutely. So moving on to midterm, we've got a, a number of different things that we're going to be pursuing through this. These are you know, a little bit larger, a little bit more costly improvements, um, one of which came from directly from that map study uh, shown here in the graphic here of, of Coleman Boulevard and Chuck Dolly intersection improvements. Uh, sort of a, a intersection redesign uh, that I think has been shown to have potential for improving, you know, the intersection operations there, as well as multimodal safety improvements along Long Point Road. There is a section uh, tied within our Safe Streets for All grant that will look to improve uh, mobility through access management, installation signals, and other um, non-motorized infrastructure on Long Point to to address that. And then lastly, longer term solutions. This is sort of the big one that came out of that map study, the intersection of 17 and Houston Northcut and the subsequent uh, sort of smaller pieces besides the intersection itself to, to help improve you know, mobility uh, and accessibility through this section here. So this is again that longer term project. It's nine, 90 to $95 million is, is the estimated uh, cost. Again, that was for that four or five lane overpass uh, design there. There was a number of other iterative designs that we can reference back, but this was the one that seemed to have 
the least impact to adjacent property owners, the most impact, beneficial impact to traffic operations. And this will kind of segue very nicely into our uh, TST discussions as a potential uh, project to pursue as part of that. But I'm happy to answer any questions that we might have on this. I'll, I'll start off. Let's go back to the uh, short-term recommendations and pick up with our, our timer. Our uh, incident management emergency response, the two vehicles that um, I think were ordered already, Chief. And uh, We've received both vehicles. They're in the process of being upfit. So hopefully this month we'll have the first one on the road. Um, and then um, the next one, once we have those out in the field, um, We'll start collecting the data on response time and clearing accident times, utilizing those. Is it, you know, do you break a bottle of champagne on the front <laughs> bumper like it's a, you know, fire boat or police boat or? Um, <laughs> no. No. Okay. A bottle of uh, cider maybe? Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> okay. if, if the first one's ready, it might be in the Christmas parade. We'll see. I don't know. Oh, that would be neat. <laughs> so. That would be neat. And have y'all thought of the name yet? Um. It's, you know, I don't have a specific name for these vehicles yet, but um, it's... If you want to have a contest, go for it. You know, <laughs> they do that for the cranes at the state ports. They have school kids come yeah. up with names. And so They're funny. Yeah. But that, I think that would be great, and I think our public is going to really enjoy seeing those and knowing that there is a, you know, on-station uh, max traffic um, rush hour time response ready to go and um I, I just am thrilled that something that government happened that fast you know i mean it normally is i, I can't believe the trucks were ready that soon which is wonderful we're very fortunate yeah sounds good well keep us updated on that and if there's one in the parade i really want to see it very well okay before you get down uh, i was curious um any is there an anticipation of where um those vehicles will be stationed uh throughout the town um, during peak traffic hours, Bowman Road, and then further up, 1741 area. Okay. Um, kind of split them based off of traffic collision and data. And they'll just be operating during peak traffic hours or um, Well, the, the community service officer will be driving them throughout their shift, um, but based off of data and crash data, during those specific times, they will be staged and they won't be answering other calls for service. And do these look similar to the uh, SC uh, DOT trucks that we they're, see on, on 526? They're very similar and equipped in a very similar way. Great. Thank you. That's yep. going to be cool. Um, all right. Yes, sir, Mr. Chapman. Um, first of all, at the top there, I noticed Faison Road in 17 and Benning Road, which we've already got construction at. What are we doing at those two intersections? So yes, sir, I'll start with the 17 phase on road. So that was a project that was completed as part of really kind of the Costco development and, and, the, and the widening of phase on road to add uh, more capacity for the phase on road approach. If you recall back to discussions we've had with the community members uh, in that area, there was concerns about lane usage on the approach of phase on to, to 17. So now there are two right turn lanes, a dedicated through lane and a dedicated left turn lane on that approach. There's obviously those more than already been, those have already been completed. Yes, sir. Okay, that's what I thought. What about 17 and Benny? 
Yes, sir. So 17 inventing, 17 Mathis Ferry. That's the project that's under construction right now. It's a CIP. We, we have a, a, just about four and a half or $450,000 dedicated from uh, Charleston County's TST program. And uh, we're, we're covering the rest of that with our that CIP that was developed. And that should be wrapping up construction. I'll get into the details on that when we get to project updates. Okay. And then on technological solutions and intelligent traffic management, you're talking about having um, the ability to receive an immediate notice of traffic control devices having an issue. Is, is that going ahead? Is that what this technological solutions and intelligent traffic management is about? And I heard you say having our uh, consultants run the time-space diagrams twice a year. That, that didn't sound like very often. Yes, sir. So I'll, I'll speak to the first question there. So yes, the, the automatic updates is part of that tech technology that's being implemented, and those are occurring now. We are receiving those messages now. Um, as far as detection health and, and when those those systems go offline. The other portion is that code green uh, beta testing that we're looking at doing, at, again, a couple of intersections on US-17 that have that older detection equipment, but that can be, the lifespan of that can kind of be greatly in, increased and, and reliability increased by tacking on this, this AI code green uh, portion. I misspoke with, with our uh, traffic consultants. It's uh, either annually or, or about every 18-month period we have them come down. We obviously are monitoring and riding the system between those periods just every now and again. It's good to have some fresh eyes that come in that aren't driving the corridor all the time to you know, do, do again a sort of a gut check of the health of the system and its, and its optimization. Right. And then at the, at, um, on Coleman Boulevard at Simmons Street, is that a, a planned stop in the progression on Coleman? It looks like it might be because in both directions and uh, you stop there and you're released and you get all the way through. Is, is that the case? No, 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 sir. It's not. The, the likely reason for being stopped there is the high pedestrian volumes that we see. So obviously during those peak hours of vehicle traffic is the drop-off pickup times historically for, for Moultrie Middle School. So they've got two crossing guards out there that operate, and we also have a lead pedestrian interval phase. That's part of that intersection, which essentially is, a, is an all-red for every vehicle and allows for five seconds of pedestrian-only activity for crossing of, of Coleman Boulevard. So that kind of takes a little bit more time away. Um, from from the vehicle phasing, but it's a, it's a much needed safety improvement for for bike and pedestrian crossings. This would have been when school was not in session. We we can certainly take a look and make sure that it's it's running properly. That's all. What um what can we do today with this information, or is this just a this is an update? Yes, sir. This is sort of the culmination, again, of that effort. You know, we have these programs that are in place, these CIPs for Mount Pleasant Way, for small right. intersection improvements. Um, we'll obviously come 
come as part of the budgetary process and request, you know, ample amount to, to help accomplish these things and it's at your discretion to approve. Uh, but but this is really just, again, a recap of, of the efforts over the past months to, to provide sort of a step forward, okay. short, mid, and long term for, for roadway improvements. So in Kamui, if you if you go to wherever the the schematic was of the section right out here, keep going that one. Um, this is probably something that the public's going to want a, a public hearing about. Um, I know we're what 20 years down the road from the very first overpasses um, proposed on Mount Pleasant, and I remember that was a major uh, conversation piece, to put it lightly. Um, we have one on Bowman now, which sort of takes in. It's been there. When was that one completed, even? 2011? 2011. Okay. 11, 12. So we've got a decade of experience with that that probably makes it less of a, um, less of a new thing to be concerned about. But this is a major redo of, of what we know now is the busiest traffic area in all of Mount Pleasant. So I just don't want to. I don't want to make assumptions that everybody's on board um, before you know before we're too far down the, the path. Yes, sir. And there's obviously a lot. This was very high level looking at potential designs. There's a whole process of probably two years or so leading up within that design process of right. engaging the public, seeking feedback, sure. dealing with the adjacent property owners. Um, do we have a timetable for um, for the Charleston County? For, for the next item, um, because these two kind of go together. Exactly. What I was yeah. Yeah. At some point, we're going to run us if we say this is our boogie for your for your sales tax referendum. Um, we're going to have to. Uh, it has to be more than just an idea, I guess. Although, like Highway 41, they didn't even have any alternatives at that time. Mm -hmm. It was it was simply to redo fix Highway 41, right? And that same process would be followed for this. Guy. I mean, we've done a lot of the work to understand what is possible, and that's all this really was, was to high levels. Like, there are options here. Got we know it. we can improve it. <clears throat> we're going to give you an idea how much it's going to cost. <clears throat> but if this were to be a, a number one sales tax project and the county did what they're doing at 41, it would start all over mm -hmm. and, and go through a process to identify, at that point in time, what the best uh, preferred alternative is. Everybody clear on that? Yes, sir. We're, we're not about to, don't want anybody to leave here today and go out. They're about to build an overpass at uh, Houston North. But by the same token, the length of time it takes to go through this Charleston County sales tax mm -hmm. program, we need to be up front and out there with what we think we need uh, so that, number one, it gives them an opportunity to see dollar-wise what would help Mount Pleasant, but most importantly, to upfront tell our citizens we're looking at this this intersection. We know it's a problem, mm -hmm. and we're going to include that in our request for uh, this third sales tax. And I've already been through two sets mm -hmm. of those, and. Uh, one of them had three votes. Right. So, right. Could we back it, up one slide? It doesn't happen overnight. Mm. Uh, 
You got it? Yeah. Had, had a question on this. I know in the past, a roundabout has been contemplated at this intersection. Has that plan been abandoned and this is the, the new clubhouse leader, or is that still something that's being deliberated? So, so this is something similar to the to the US 17 and Houston North that intersection discussions. This is obviously a lesser cost as, as opposed to the roundabout, which was to the tune of 16 million, if I recall correctly. Uh, and so, you know, when we're looking at time frame of implementation, this is something that could be done at a much quicker pace than than a roundabout design, um, less impact to ongoing traffic. A lot of it could be built really kind of offline while traffic patterns continue to operate the same. So that's why this is shown as a midterm. It's entirely feasible if it's the will of the committee to pursue the, the roundabout. It's, it's also still on the table. Is there a difference in the performance um, of this uh, schematic versus a roundabout? I we'll have to look back at, at the, the full map study, but yes, there was a slight difference, but they both had, you know, pretty significant improvement to existing traffic conditions as far as delay was concerned. Uh, again, this was something that is much more easily implemented and is, is a scale of cost, you know, considerably less than the roundabout option. Um, but they did have similar, the roundabout was slightly better. Of course, during off-peak periods, you're not forcing folks to stop on on the approaches there, roundabouts continuous flow. So it, it did operate slightly better, um, but this was, again, that sort of mid-range project that, that we wanted to highlight. And if, if the, let's say, the, the roundabout is the, the, the final goal, which I don't, I don't know that it is, um, would this enable us to, uh, I guess, um, develop into a, a roundabout with, with minimal or more minimal changes. Um, yes, sir. Trying to figure out if this is like, you know, step one and it kind of gets us part of the way there um, if a roundabout is, in fact, the final uh, answer. Yes, sir. This mid range project would not preclude uh, you know, the future expansion to a roundabout. In fact, it would likely help just with the addition of pavement that, that would be added as part of this project. But it, it could certainly be a, you know, a staged or phased event where this would be that midterm and we could look at a longer term improvement to a roundabout. Uh, and one further question. This goes to the the Mount Pleasant Way. Um, I know in the in the past the town has explored the possibility or the feasibility of running a uh, bike path um, through the six mile area towards uh, where the park will be. Uh, is that still something that we're pursuing, um, or is there something that that we can do with the county to speed that along a little bit? I'll try to answer that because I've probably been involved with the um, with the discussion of the county on uh, a portion of that project. Now, um, Joe's reviewed the portion we awarded this morning from essentially our, our pocket park that we have there now up to the uh, existing portion that was built with Arnett Key. Back towards Six Mile, we had spent a considerable effort and time and money on developing options for design for the same concept there. Unfortunately, um, that was not received well by certain property owners in the area because it, it required property either to be dedicated or an easement. So um, since it was tied to uh, green belt money, the county did not want to see that. So when we developed, um, when we actually evaluated an option that could um, have the least amount of impact, I still believe there was still easements needed, but uh, very uh, maybe a foot or two. That would involve basically reconstructing the whole section in a curb and gutter just to stay within the right-of-way. And that 
um, cost elevation for us was we, we couldn't that was not palatable for us so we we asked the county do y'all want to take this on and the county said at this time they didn't want to so we have a design with a lot of great concepts to get through there um it's just kind of stuck right now i hope that the, as the the parks come online that maybe there'll be some increased pressure to you to complete those segments because it is a, a dangerous uh, stretch of roadway especially at night it's very dark um, and you do see people riding bikes and, mm -hmm. and walking uh, along the shoulder yes sir yeah, yes, I, I want to go back to the chuck dolly and uh, coleman intersection and as a uh, transportation engineer, certainly the circle is a better idea. However, I don't think that's a feasible, feasible plan based on what we heard several years ago from Royal Hardware and Christ Our King School. And I don't want anything to come out of this meeting. They'll end up in the uh, media saying the town is reconsidering putting in a traffic circle um they get us all in trouble so i just don't want that to get out that we're reconsidering the traffic circle because even though it's probably the most beneficial from a transportation uh, engineering standpoint it's not something that's feasible today okay and there's, there's other besides the points that you make the the um, most significant consideration was the cost difference right mm -hmm. two to three million dollars versus 16 million dollars right away impacts etc so um, it was only looked at because it previously been looked at and it's an operational improvement so you're, you're exactly right mr chapman um, this is why we landed here right. we'll i'll talk about it in a minute we actually still have that cost included if we were going to submit for some intersection improvement there because there's a public process just like the interchange that we'll go through, which will make sure it's covered. Um, but so this is what I think the committee was comfortable with. All right. Anything else on this before we move to item six? Thank you very much. Item six, I asked to be put on here a discussion regarding Isle of Palms beach traffic. Um, we had a um, year in wrap up. This was our was it second or third year, Chief, that we have worked in um, coordination with uh, the county, Isle of Palms, Sullivan's Island, Folly Beach is even in, included. Oh, did I skip? I'm sorry. Five. I skipped item five. Never mind. Sales tax. So we touched on it, but we didn't complete it. You're right. <laughs> Thank you. And I, I think it was all a really good conversation. I got ahead of myself because we did touch on it. <laughs> That's all right. Um, the, the premise behind the original request is we're going to, the, the county's considering the third um, sales, uh, transportation sales tax. They, they advised us that they were looking at projects, uh, a project or a con combination of projects, $100 billion plus. So that was kind of an envelope for them. Um, we don't really have any more guidance on where they're going to end up, and that's understandable because they haven't received all the information from all your municipalities. That's what they're doing now. They're evaluating costs of projects. They're going to do forecasting on the sales tax. So at some point in time, I would imagine, this committee will probably have more definitive information on what, you know, what is the number for, for the entire sales tax, what portion might come to Mount Pleasant. So with that being said, uh, we, we just kept the same list here because we think it's, it's, it's a product of the previous discussions of the study. I think, number one, 
is probably your priority. I'm not going to speak for you, but that would seem to be what I'm hearing. And then number two and three um, are really still in the mix as far as how much money might eventually be available um, to do these projects. And I think having it broken out like this, um, uh, well, we know added it's about $146 million for the first three projects. But having the detail in there where you might have to get down to pick and choose on say, yes, we want number one, but as far as number two goes, we'll take this portion of number two, we'll, we'll take three. Um, I, I think that that's kind of the position that you're in. I, um, they've asked for a list, so we submitted this in the draft. Um, whether you want to prioritize this and, and give that to them, it's really up to the committee. The first two projects, I will say, are uh, much more uh, complex then the third project, the third project is, is something that's very understood right now. We've done a lot of work on it, straightforward, within the right of way. The other two are not the same. So there's a complexity for number one or two that would has a lot of unknowns and higher risks when it comes to uh, funding. So those are the types of projects you generally like to have a half-cent sales tax do because of that aspect. They'll, they'll be able to cover these $40 million projects, the town you know, might be able to cover a $3 million project. So that's that's the context of this list, and uh, they've asked for a list from you, and um, this is what we have right now. Yes. Um, Mr. Morrison, what is the Mount Pleasant Way spine route project? That, that's the entirety of, of Mount Pleasant Way. That's the cost of design, right away in construction the current estimate okay that that's what i thought i just want to make sure it wasn't a specific segment no sir and as james mentioned before we've had two grants in right now that we're pursuing hopefully uh, at least one of the grants could fund the full design and then we really have a better idea of construction costs and right away impacts yeah. so these are my priority part these are one abc a, a through f2 in three, is that correct? Down then four and five in individual. Yes, sir. Okay. I, I just want to be careful because I don't want this to be tainted by any controversy. But two of the ones in the priority number one are the street that I drive down every day, <laughs> right outside my neighborhood. So, you know, what I might do is let, let you all vote um, because I C and D is. is those are right there where I live. So I don't want to make it look like, you know, as mayor, boy, I got my neighborhood priorities on this list um, because we live in a day and age when that will be put out there if, if it is. Um, so do we need to vote on this today? Or yeah, I, I don't think you need to vote on it today. I, I think what their staff has told us is by January, Middle of January, they, okay. they need to have a final list so they can do okay. their. And we don't have our full committee today either, so maybe yeah, we bring this back. Delay and, it and, and come back to thank you. January. I think that would be great. So why don't we actively work with y'all and work on this? And of course, Carl's input as a committee before we're ready to uh, to to take a vote. But I am I am very self-conscious of those two items. Um, but anyway, Mayor. Yeah. I think we've talked about this a lot um, in our transportation committee meetings through this uh, mobility plan. And so 
in terms of if you want to abstain, um, that's fine. But I think from the standpoint of which large project gives us the most bang for our buck yes. in the mobility plan, certainly the uh, Houston North Cut Boulevard, Johnny Dodd's quarter improvement is, is it. Mm -hmm. And that includes everything below it. Everything below it doesn't have to be uh, directly listed in terms of that intersection. Um, and it could be that the, uh, the county separates out right. pieces, right. which we would have an opportunity to provide information on. Um, but I, I don't want to let the county get out there with their third <laughs> sales tax and Mount Pleasant be left out. Right. And that's that's what I don't want to have happen. But so we can do this at our January meeting. Yeah. Yes, sir. And, and Mr. Mayor, if you don't mind, sir, um, it really hasn't been the committee that's done the lead blocking on this particular project. These projects have been listed in our CIP for some time and right. adopted by full council. Right. So it's 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 been discussed before and vetted before even prior to sure. more, more recent discussions here got it thank you so let's put this on our january committee okay yeah, and, right. um, let's update carl on this yeah. night thank you for mm -hmm. clarifying if, if our priority is one houston northcutt johnny dodds we don't have to list every aspect of that because they might not even end up in there but you're right, because you, you still have to go through a whole project development. Right, inspect. Got it. Okay, does that, uh, does that close? You're ready to move on from that one? Yes. All right, now let's get to Isle of Palms Beach traffic. So, um, remind me who all was at the last one, because I believe it was the same day as Chief Teeter's funeral. Um, so, some folks ended up missing, and um, I know. Pat Carter was not there, but Pat has kind of been our lead person on this beach traffic management. But the reason I asked for this to be on there, and what we'll do is when we approach the spring as maybe, Chief, have y'all come give sort of that overview from our point of view about how much traffic there was, how it cut down on wait time, and by all accounts, it was this past year's beach traffic management was the best on record because everybody's working together. But a uh, South Carolina DOT staff member said at that meeting, the words were probably that they are probably going to repaint the Isle of Palms connector to the two lanes off and one lane on, which we have vehemently opposed for several reasons. Some of us will. Huh? Some of us will. Yes. So um, I just wanted to um, reiterate one. Um, go back over what we have said about the bridge. Um, and I think there is a draft letter to Christy Hall. And I, I, as I told the town administrator, if that letter needs to come from me, us, all of council, whoever, I, I, I don't, I don't want to hear things like that coming from DOT that this has been decided, this is a fait accompli, and we haven't done everything we can to let them know where we stand on this. Um, so update me on what DOT knows that we have said, I believe, and I know that um, Mr. DeMora believes that when they came here last time, they said they would come back before they do anything. Right. Mayor, you're absolutely right. Um, 
all that you present is well, factual information on the record in our transportation committee meetings. We've had Mr. Rob Perry uh, come to the committee before and, and present. The last time was June of last year, at which point he indicated that they would have one of their consultants um, perform an extensive study of what they called option five, which was the two lanes off of the IOP. And then they would uh, circle back with our committee and uh, advise the committee of the findings. And I, it's my recollection, and it's in the record, that uh, you and others made it clear uh, that, you, that, that what you have out there now is what you think is the safest and, um, and most, um, the best operational, uh, as well as the fact that um, um, the DOT is just, you know, they haven't really come back to you with an answer on anything. So. Um, that's what I know. We've conveyed at the staff level all of this information, and Rob's been very good at receiving that. So our expectations are coming back to this committee. So I, I don't think any decisions have been made could be wrong about that. Okay. But we are prepared and have a letter drafted that would state all of these things that you just said. Okay. And Daniel, you're new to the committee, but we, um, correct me if I'm wrong, we, we, this committee was vehemently opposed to um, option five for many reasons, one of which is we would be negating some of our multimodal infrastructure that we already have in place. And, you know, that stuff is hard, hard won. And to either take it up or just close it off is very distasteful to this town and our taxpayers. Um, and, you know, I, don't get me started on why we, two lanes would need to be coming towards the town with 95,000 people from the town of 3,000 people. I, I, you know, that just... But, but we also potentially had a better project mm -hmm. to present to them. Mm -hmm. And in which case, that that's something that I think needs to happen uh, because there are ways to do a better job of respecting all of the traffic. Uh, than what's out there today. Mm -hmm. There are better ways. Um, and certainly not having two lanes coming from Isle of Palms. But there are ways to do what needs to happen in the event of an emergency, right. which we really don't have today. Um, so at any rate, that's that, that to me was the biggest reason we needed them to come back. Right. Um, in the meantime, just to head off any um, premature action on their part, would you get um, to the members of this committee the draft of the wording of that letter? Yes, sir. And let's, um, and I know we can't have a behind the door meeting, so we can't respond all to everybody, but we can respond individually back to you. Yes, sir. And so let's do that. Um, because I just I want to go on the record that you know this is a work in progress and um, did not like hearing that somebody may have already made that decision. I, I hope that wasn't the case, but we, we have the letter ready. Was but you know rumors. Yes, sir. And to, to, to your point, Mr. Chatter, you helped us uh, with an alternative scenario uh, for the whatever we determine is 48 days a, a year that we have. Um, you know, the potential of the beach traffic impact. And, and that was also shared. They have that in the draft. That was shared with their staff. So they, they understand there are different concepts out there. Right. Yes, sir. Questions? Um, 
So I, I, I live, uh, I'm probably the, the council member who lives uh, closest to the, the IOP connector, so I'm intimately uh, aware of it. And, and I think from my personal observation, um, since it has been restriped with the, the two um, bike lanes or pedestrian lanes, those are becoming increasingly well used as, as people get used to them. So I, I would hate to, to do anything that, that sets back those, those efforts. Uh, but I do have some questions um, related to the intersection with Rifle Range Road. Um, are we manually operating those lights during peak traffic times, or, is, or do we have a, a, a timer or a setting that, that seems to be getting the job done? Yes, sir. So that, that intersection is run similar to how our, our other major thoroughfares are run. It's in that adaptive uh, system where we have uh, metrics on the low and high end that, that are thresholds, but the detection actually determines, you know, how, how much folks are serviced for, for any given approach. And we do have specific configurations set up for beach traffic during those peak period times, essentially from Friday at noon through Sunday evening. There's a specific beach traffic timing. Um, and then in addition, we've got some other things besides the restriping efforts that uh, was a TST project through Charleston County that we're pursuing now. Uh, we just received a, a quote to install flashing yellow arrows for all of those approaches, which will give us a little bit more capacity and, and flexibility at the intersection. But it does run on configurations that are based off of historic traffic volumes and at the time, at what sort of live feeds from video detection. Would there be any benefit to putting a police officer there during peak times, or is that uh, you know un unnecessary in your opinion? Uh, I, I mean, I think the, the configurations that we've gone back and through uh, on over several years, really, uh, I've, I've got it pretty well fine-tuned, and, and not to mention this signal is also coordinated with adjacent signals at Isle of Palms and Hungry Neck and at Rifle Range and Long Grove. So if you were to manually override it, it may make things slightly better at that intersection, but compound issues further up and downstream from, from the intersection. So as you're approaching um, rifle range headed towards uh, the Isle of Palms, um, if you're trying to travel north on rifle range, there are times where the connector is backed up uh, and blocks the entrance to the turn lane. Would there be an opportunity to perhaps back that, that entrance to the turn lane up a little bit uh, in an effort to get those cars that are turning left off of the, the main uh, you know, through lanes? Yes, sir. So I'm, if I'm tracking the direction, heading along Isle of Palms toward, Isle Palms connector towards rifle range, towards the beach, that we could look at restriping a section of that. There's an existing striped median that sort of de facto becomes the left turn lane, if that's, if I'm yes. tracking yes. correctly. There's some, there are some motorists who are, are wary to crossover into that median before the entryway under the impression that they could be ticketed. Yes, sir. So there we can work with the DOT in Charleston County to see possibly when this section will be restriped. I think we could easily convert that to a two-way left turn lane striping, which is a solid yellow and then a dashed yellow. Um, as you've seen in, in other areas, obviously there's not really anywhere to turn left prior to that, but we might you know, remove that concern from, from citizens that it's not to be double yellow or to be crossed and ticketed. So, And then uh, moving to a different area of beach traffic, uh, while campaigning, uh, I talked to a number of people in the old village who are concerned about 
through beach traffic, um, jumping off of Coleman, going through the old village, and then jogging over on center. Uh, is there anything that we can do to discourage that? So similar to the intersection of Isle Palms and Rifle Range, we do have beach timings set up for the, the Ben Sawyer-Coleman intersection, really from Chuck Dolly, the, the Chuck Dolly at Coleman, Rifle Range, and Ben Sawyer and Ben Sawyer Center Street signals where we have similar traffic timings. Past that, the traffic sort of dispels um, along Coleman and Chuck Dolly. Uh, we can look at certain things to, to try to dispel that. Naturally, if folks are utilizing Waze and Google Maps, sometimes it, it does push them through there. And a lot of that restriction is not coming from the town side where we uh, you know, are dealing with traffic signal timings and things like that. We do reduce from two lanes to one lane on the Bensware Causeway. The bridge opening every hour does, does create those backups that there's not much we can do on our side from a capacity standpoint, but we can we can try to investigate ways to thwart uh, the three traffic through those residential areas. Thank you. All right, and we'll look forward to the um, draft of that. Number seven is an update on ongoing projects. We've been over a lot, but if you've got some highlights. Yes, sir. So we'll talk Papers Point Gateway intersection improvement. Obviously, we've got the, the parade coming up here uh, this weekend. So our contractor's out there right now cleaning things up, making sure everything's tidy. As this is the, the terminus of, of that project there. Um, we do have some, some more photos. The, the contractor's been moving into a lot more drainage. The traffic signals are about to see some, some shifting between the old and new. So they're moving along at a good clip now, but we'll be sure to have everything cleaned up by this weekend. Bonnet key punch list items are going through. Nothing really major there. Could, uh, could you go back? Yes, sir. Um, I was asked about the sidewalk availability along what is Old Georgetown Road. And I think I was told about the county doing something there. Or are we going to have sidewalks placed along Old Georgetown? That, that roadway segment is within our new sidewalk CMP. Uh, at this point, it didn't rank high enough to receive sort of consideration for this year's funding, but there are several things that have happened. There's been development over there that we've required those developers to install. Um, obviously, Old Georgetown Road is a, is a DOT-owned roadway. Uh, it's open section, so there's a lot of drainage that comes with the installation of sidewalk, which then makes the project more expensive, but it is on our, our CMP new sidewalk list. As a, as a future bank project. With that sidewalk? The bank did have to install a section of sidewalk along Old Georgetown Road, as well as Bonnet Key did install a portion as well. We just, we ended it at sort of a logical termini there. Um, but it, the whole roadway section is within our, our uh, ranking Good. matrix of new sidewalks. Thank you. Yes, sir. Billy Swales 4B still going through the permitting on this, um, wrapping up our right-of-way acquisition from property owners. We're pretty much almost complete with that. Um, and so, again, looking to go to bid on this project here this next year. Uh, Maritime Port District working on uh, kind of wrapping up this project here. There's really the outstanding uh, construction items are, are traffic signal related, which are you know, back up from the delivery of those mast arms, but those have been received. And that we've been notified that by the contractor they're going to begin that work uh, on installing those signal pole foundations in early January. So that project is moving forward. All American Boulevard, we have 
putting this project out to bid this month. Um, and so that is wrapping up some final internal review. Um, but again, going to bid this month with selection in, in January, really, of 2024. Mathis Ferry, Vending Road, this is a project we referenced earlier as, as one of those small um, projects, small intersection improvement projects. These are some photos. Um, all of the paving has been done. Just, again, some minor signal work to be complete, and then we can wrap this project up. Um, so Shum Creek Bridge Bike Lanes also looking to take this this project back to bid. This is that missing section between Pelzer and, and Mill Street, really Wilden Street almost. Um, working with DOT through the LPA process and, and local um, contractors to very much promote um, the bidding on this project. And then Mount Pleasant Way, a slew of different projects, most recent this morning, being awarded the Hamlin Trail section, which will complete that about a little over a half mile gap between Vaughnhead Key and the rifle range parking area, those grants that I mentioned, which we should be hearing back early 24 uh, on on their success as well as future grants. The raise grant NOFO just came out this past week, which we'll be looking to pursue as well. Um, and then tying any of these other segments, um, Stockdale Roundabout's a project that we're going to be beginning the design on soon and which will complete as part of that roundabout at Park West Boulevard in Stockdale. Uh, missing segments of Mount Pleasant Way as well, but um, we just finished the Sweetgrass Basket Parkway in front of Charleston County DMV at the Alpine Connector. So a lot of small segments ongoing. Um, happy to discuss any of those more specifically. Uh, otherwise, any questions on those? Thank you for that. I do think that y'all get more um, esoteric speech into one presentation than any other department in terms of abbreviations and grants and titles. I mean, it's, it, I, I'm impressed by it. I, I don't understand every one of them, but I can sort through it in the minutes. But um, thank you all very much. Any, anything else on this before we adjourn? All right. Thank you all very much. We are adjourned. Welcome to come.